We are now live on Instagram too. So officially welcome to the the uh, Letter to Philippi live broadcast. We are now broadcasting live on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Twitter Live, and YouTube Live, and also on our website, lettertophilippi.org. And uh, we'll be looking today at uh, Mark Danos's work, Dr. Mark Danos's work on this passage on Philippians chapter three, getting getting a completely different view on who these false teachers, these ones that Rav Shoal called dogs, false teachers, and mutilators from what is what is available, as I said, in 99% of the Christian commentaries on this chapter, which focus on these these opponents to Paul, these false teachers being either Jews, Yeshua following Jews, or non-Yeshua following Jews, or recent converts to Judaism. There, so the, so whatever commentary you look at, you're pretty much going to see that there's some Jewish connection to these false teachers, whether they were Jews themselves, or they were somehow preaching some, some incorrect understanding of Judaism and Jewish practice, and calling the, the, the mostly Gentile populace of Philippi to take on these these false teachings. We'll begin with a word of prayer, and then we will uh, go into our uh, class for today. Well, Lord, you're good. We thank you again for this opportunity to study your holy word, these words of your holy servant, Paul. Help us to see new insights today from your word, and help us to, as Paul calls us to be, to daily become more and more in Messiah. And may we do that today. And we give honor to our Messiah, who is our life, and in whose name we pray. Amen. So again, welcome to the Letter to Philippi live broadcast. My name is Sean Inslee. I'll be your teacher. And I have been teaching so far through the book of Philippians, Letter to Philippi, the namesake of uh, organization, Letter to Philippi, at lettertophilippi.org, our new Messianic Jewish theological and biblical interpretation and teaching organization. So today we'll be looking at the our third day looking at Philippians chapter 3 verse 2 where Paul Paul calls calls warns the people of Philippi about those he called dogs, evil workers and those and the mutilators. And as I said that's that since the since the homilies of John Chrysostom in the fourth century, of oh, the commentary, John Chrysostom being an early church leader who wrote, who wrote basically what could be considered the first, first commentary on Philippians in a series of, of homilies or sermons, that he that were published, of his, on on the book of Philippians. So his homilies on Philippians, are the basis of the the early understanding among Christian scholars and has has gone 700 years later to our day the understanding of, of this passage being Paul's rejection of Judaism rejection of Jewish practice and rejection of circumcision and as we said said that uh, in the uh, the the uh, Harper Collins study Bible, their note on this verse said that their understanding was that 
that Paul was was rejecting circumcision for all Yeshua believers, even Jewish believers, which we know is incorrect and against the covenant. The covenant of circumcision with the Jewish people continues even among Yeshua followers. That is a continuing part of the connection with the Jewish people, both as believers in Yeshua or as non-Yeshua believers. That is a sign of the covenant in the flesh of the connection to Abraham and the faith of Abraham. So as I said, said throughout throughout history of interpretation on this passage, there have been those, the, the, the understanding has been that these, these dogs, these evil workers, these mutilated ones were Jews based on, based on the, the assumption that, that it was common for common at this time for, for Jews to refer to Gentiles as dogs. So in essence, Paul here is turning that epithet with the, what they would call basically the worst thing that they could be would be to be called a dog. So he turns on them, back on them, this epithet that, that was understood the Jews used of, about Gentiles, that he was, that Paul was turning back this phrase on, on his own Jewish people that were teaching these incorrect things. And also from the, the reference, the, the word katatome, which, which is translated as mutilators, which is a, which is a play on, on the word peritome, which is the Greek word for ritual circumcision. So the, the, they, that Paul was calling, saying that these false teachers were actually mutilators of the flesh that, and then the Christian understanding being that that circumcision itself is a, is a is a mutilation of the flesh. So so there's a common understanding that there is some either either that common understanding in Jewish in Christian interpretation of this passage that Paul is confronting either Jews Yeshua following Jews non Yeshua following Jews recent converts to Judaism or at least some people will have some incorrect Jewish thought that there's a Jewish connection to these false teachers. And it's interesting that uh, in the work of Dr. Mark Nianos, who, who wrote the landmark book, The, the Mystery of Romans, in uh, almost almost 25 years ago, 1997, which which was the really the founding work of what, what could be ca called the, the Paul within Judaism area study, which has been taken up by others, most notably by by Paula Fredrickson today, as as the concept of understanding Paul as a first century Jew within Judaism of his day, Nanos challenges the Jewish identification and the Jewish connection, even that that Paul was not here talking to Jews about Jews or about Judaism or Jewish practice, but was actually confronting the pagan influences of the of the Philippian community, as I said, Philippi was was a, a a city of many different religions, religious traditions. The Roman emperor cult, Greek gods, the Roman gods, Egyptian gods, the mystery religions, and there was also the the melding together them with the syncretism of these different belief systems. So there's a was a concern that these new Yeshua followers who had left 
their paganism and left the the uh, the religions of their past could either fall back into them or as was common in, in Philippi add pagan inf influences pagan practices to their Yeshua faith there was there was Yeshua faith plus Diana worship Yeshua faith plus the teaching of the cynics but uh, but that that is that is what is what the inner center sees as being challenged is that they were that there was the the pagan influences that were actually calling them back to connection with with their past rather than than uh, any any jewish connection any jewish teaching that was being confronted here so as i said nanos challenges the identification of paul's opponents being jews either yeshua following or non-yeshua following recent converts to judaism or or that that whether even if they were gentile they were having some some jewish connection to their false teaching and he said puts forward that these opponents are from local religious cults and philosophical groups such as the cynics who are local to philippi these local cults and pagan influencers posed a challenge to the gentile yeshua followers in philippi who were navigating their new life as followers of the one god of israel and living in a sub in, a, in what nanos calls a jewish subgroup the yeshua movement so these people were coming from their pagan past in Philippi, involved in these various, various religious, religious systems, cultic systems, and coming into their new life as Gentile Yeshua followers, coming within to the be followers of the one God of Israel, and living in a Jewish subgroup, the Yeshua movement, while remaining, remaining non-Jews. So they were non-Jews, but entering into the worship of the Jewish God, the honoring of the Jewish Messiah, the Jewish scriptures. So they so they were standing as as people outside of the common Philippian world that they were living now in a new subgroup, the Yeshua movement. As a faithful faithful Jew, Paul would not oppose Judaism. Or Jewish practice for Jews, but he would speak against pagan and, and cultic false religion. Uh, scholar Herbert Alonsky, which Danos cites in his in his his book on Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism, understood these opponents of Paul as pagans, castrated one of the various orgiastic cults in Philippi. They thought their castration was like circumcision. That would allow them into the messianic community so there's so there was was these various various cultic religions that practice practice castration that they were actually actually castrating themselves and part of these of these cults that they were participating in and they were seeing seeing that as a as being like jewish jewish circumcision and they were they were seeking to be influencers saying that that oh that they they've been they have been castrated in their the cults that they practice so that they were they were now they could all, they could see themselves as as coming into being influencers 
over these new Gentile believers in Yeshua, that they were castrated like, in a sense, that they were, that there was like they were circumcised and somehow that they were able to be an influence over these people. Now, let's know that one of these possible pagan influences that Paul was warning about was the Sibylle cult, the worship of, 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 the, of Sibylle, which in practice met all three Paul, of Paul's warnings against being dogs, evil workers, and the mutilated. And this is from his, uh, his work on Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism. And Nina Rosa wrote, a newly developed festival introduced Addis, Sibylle's consort, who bled to death after castrating himself for Sibylle into the Roman cult. On the day of blood, the Gauli, the eunuch priests of the Phrygian goddess Sibylle, flagellated themselves while engaged in frenzied ecstatic dancing, while the initiates, the initiates castrated themselves with a shard. Castration of a Gali would present a clear case of mutilation and of figures whom Paul would likely re regard as evil workers, perhaps even behaving like dogs in a general derogatory sense, if not also specifically involved involving dogs or dog, Im dog imagery. So Nanus brings out that the possibility of, of, of what Paul is, is warning them about is those who are who are involved in the the Phrygian the worship of the Phrygian goddess Sibylle the Sibylle cult, and it, and in their initiation practice practice they they act they would the initiates those who are coming into the Sibylle cult the males would castrate themselves in in their initiation into the cult, and in and in, in in the process process of preparing for that they acted wildly like dogs and of, of course the fact that they were involved in this pagan worship they would be evil evil workers so so nano says it could be seen that that in this in this these who are who are coming into the cult of Sibylle, that they were that they were acting like dogs in their frantic frenzied frenzied worship of Sibylle, they were evil workers because they were practicing a false evil religion. And they were also clearly mutilators because they were actually castrating themselves. They were actually, actually completely, completely uh, mutilating themselves in, for this worship of this pagan goddess. So when, so we can see them by their actions that they were acting dog-like, by their their evil worship, they were evil workers, and by their castration of themselves, they were clearly mutilators, mutilating themselves in the most most grievous of ways. Other pagan influencers in Philippi included groups that used dogs as religious icons in the worship of Silvanus, Diana, and Hecate. In groups that used dogs and sacrifices and magical rituals. One of these, the cynics, was even known as dogs. So another possibility in Philippi was the different religious cults that used dogs in their religious icon iconography 
and also eat, also sacrifice dogs in their religious religious practices so we can see them clearly as being related to dogs through their their religious iconography the sacrifice of dogs they're by their by their pagan worship they're clearly evil workers and and to the and on mutilation I'm, they they also would have various various uh, horrific practices that could be seen as mutilation. Renew Yeshua followers in Philippi. They continue to be accepted in the Philippian society. They may have been tempted to adopt a common syncretic way of, of worship and add, and add either former pagan ways or add new pagan ways to their new Yeshua faith. As I said, the syncretic worship was common in Philippi that that people would actually pick and choose between different religious traditions that they would honor honor the 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 uh, Diana from the Greek religion and they would also practice practice parts of the Egyptian mystery religion and they would like pick and choose parts of different religious traditions to be their their way of faith and there is concern here here that these new Yeshua believers coming to their faith in Yeshua would like they in the past would say well they will i believe yeshua is the messiah but i also want to participate in this 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 festival for diana or something but paul is calling them to understand that their new faith in yeshua is a soul faith and there's no other additions to it there is only one god to be worshipped as the god of israel there's only one true redeemer that is yeshua the messiah and there's no room for syncretism that they need to hold to the faith that they were delivered to them. Being influenced to convert to Judaism by either Yeshua following Jews, non-Yeshua following Jews, or Gentile converts to Judaism would not seem to bring new followers of Yeshua into Philippi in any advantage in Philippi especially considering Paul and Silas's imprisonment recorded in Acts 16. If the false teachers had some higher status in the Philippian society, it does not appear that Jewish identity would be helpful compared to, to one of the pagan options. So there, there's, there's a, a, an idea running through that these false teachers were somehow, somehow seeking to say that they had a higher status in Philippian society that they were they were somehow had something that they were offering that that they they figured would be an advantage to the people of Philippi, and as and as we we see that that one it one that uh, that we can understand that that this is not speaking about about Judaism or or a a false understanding of, of Judaism. That Paul is is confronting, but but looking at it at from the point of it, that it was some other other pagan influence that was was uh, seeking to draw the the uh, Philippian believers, mostly Gentiles, into into away from their their pure faith in Yeshua, as we understand from Paul from uh, Nana speaking about the 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 uh, these pagan influencers being part of the society so we can see that that here for what, what we have from nanos that 
another option to to this being Judaism or Jewish related is that there could be a call for them to to come back to, to have a, a, a better place in society rather than the outcasts that they are by coming back into the pagan traditions that are available in Philippi. So looking as we're as we're looking to close today, I want to look at uh, at some some perspectives from Paul, specifically on if these if these outside people, these ones that he calls the dogs, the evil workers, and the mutilated, were either Jews, Yeshua believing Jews, non-Yeshua believing Jews, those those Gentiles who recently converted to Judaism. Or though there was some some false understanding of Jewish teaching that Paul was confronting, I wanted to uh, bring up some bring up another perspective. This is actually actually more my perspective on how these things work. So we've looked at the, looked previously the common Christian interpretation of this passage, the interpretation of 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 uh, Paul speaking against Judaism, circumcision. Uh, Dr. Mark Nianus's perspective of these has nothing to do with, with Judaism, and it was actually pagan influences that Paul was confronting. And I'll be looking here with a, a messengerist perspective, a perspective looking at at Paul, his his way of understanding circumcision for for Jewish men and the continuing practice of circumcision. So while Paul rejected the circumcision of male Gentile Yeshua followers, which is clearly through his, his teaching, he clearly endorsed the unique place Jews and Gentiles played in the Messianic community, which included his continuing support for Jewish male circumcision, as demonstrated by his circumcising Timothy. As we see before the, the first visit to Philippi, Paul circumcised Timothy, that he he took this man who was not circumcised as a child, a son of a Jewish mother and a Greek father, and circumcised him. So if Paul here was calling calling Brit Malar ritual circumcision mutilation and something that should be avoided, he he had by his own example had violated that earlier by circumcising Timothy. Paul based the good news he preached on the unity within the diversity. Of the body of Messiah, Gentiles of Gentile as Gentiles, joining with the Jewish people to worship the one God of Israel, representing the full fulfillment of the Messianic hope in the person of Yeshua. The message that Paul proclaimed was Gentiles as Gentiles coming to faith in Yeshua, Jews as Jews coming to Yeshua as faith, and following the one God of Israel. Two peoples coming to the one God of Israel as who they are, as Jews as Jews, Gentiles as, as Gentiles, interrelationship with the one God of Israel for all humanity. So joining together as fellow worshipers shows the opening of a relationship to the one God of Israel for all humanity. So understood this way that that Gentiles coming to Yeshua faith as Gentiles shows the expansion of the people of God. 
by by Gentiles coming as they are and becoming redeemed Gentiles, coming into the the people of Israel, coming into the Commonwealth of Israel. Paul, rather than being against Judaism and Jewish practice in this passage, in this verse, such as, as circumcision, break malah, ritual circumcision, Paul speaks against other Yeshua followers seeking to impose circumcision on Gentile converts to the Messianic faith. This is something that, that he goes clearly at in the book of Galatia. There were those who were coming into Galatia. He writes in the Galatian letter about that they were calling the, the Gentile Yeshua believers to be circumcised, to somehow be sewer believers, to be more saved by them being, being in the faith of Yeshua, plus adding circumcision to that. So then here, so in this, in this we have an inter-Messianic debate and not a polemic against Judaism and Jewish practice. Such a polemic, unfortunately, has been common interpretation since the second century of the common era to today, from the type, time of John, of uh, Justin Martyr, and later John Chrysostom, who did his, his homilies on Philippians. Most Christian commentators view this verse, 3-2, as Paul's blanket opposition to circumcision, where Yeshua following Jews, especially since the Greek word katatome, used in the verses, translated as mutilated or mutilators. Paul is not speaking in 3-2 against Brit Malah, ritual circumcision, of Jewish males of eight days old, Know that Paul speaks possibly of his own Brit Malah, which we'll see later in our class in verse 5, but specifically against those false teachers who want to impose ritual circumcision on Gentile men after coming to believe in Yeshua as Messiah and Lord. So if these false teachers, these ones that he calls dogs, evil workers, and mutilators, were... were commending to the Gentile Yeshua believers, the men Jewish, the men Gentile Yeshua believers in Philippi, they needed to also be circumcised now that they had become followers of Yeshua. And in essence, in essence to, to convert to Judaism after they had, had come to Yeshua faith. Paul here is clearly confronting that. He strongly supports the idea of the continuing Jewish practice and Brit Malah of Jews, including Messianic Jews, but he, he, in concert with the Jerusalem Council, which we read about in Acts 15, and the, the message and letter that they sent, that Gentiles can and should come to Yeshua faith as Gentiles and become righteous Gentiles. They didn't have, they didn't have to convert to Judaism before or after they came to faith in Yeshua by their faith alone in the Messiah of Israel. They had entered into relationship with the God of Israel by their faith alone and not through converting to Judaism. That This is the mystery of the good news of Messiah, that the Gentile nations, those, those who, were, who were outside the faith of the God of Israel, through the Messiah of Israel, was open to a path for them to enter into context of the one God of Israel. 
so that that is that is an, uh, a perspective perspective that, that that I wanted to bring from um, as we looked at as I said the three different perspectives on this verse one the common Christian understanding that this is a polemic against circumcision and against continuing Jewish practice for Yeshua followers which is which as I said has been common since the second century with Justin Martyr and was made made more more developed in the homilies of John Chrysostom. We also looked at a differing view, which is that of of Mark, Dr. Mark Nanos, who sees that these these outsiders, these false teachers, were actually from the pagan religions of Philippi that were looking to to influence these new Yeshua followers. And then lastly, we looked at looked at a Messianic Jewish perspective that was an honoring of Jewish tradition, honoring of Torah, honoring of of Brit Malah, a continuing act of connection to the to the uh, covenant between God and the Jewish people, and that that Paul Paul confirms the importance of ritual circumcision, Brit Malah for Jewish males, and so then he wouldn't be be speaking against that in this verse, but was speaking against either a false teaching about circumcision, as I said, the Gentiles had to had to be circumcised to be fully a part of the people of Israel, or that he was confronting confronting other false teachings, or or even even like to Nanos's concept that he was he was confronting pagan teachings of the day. So uh, that will uh, conclude our, our time for today. And uh, it was good having you with us. And it appears that we were, we're streaming on the four services today on, on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, YouTube Live, and also on our, uh, our uh, page, LittledPhilippi.org. So uh, thank you for participating in our class today. For those who will be... Uh, Watch this later. It'll be posted on uh, on our site, letteredphilippi.org, later today, and also the recording should be available on on uh, Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and Twitter later today. So that will include our study. We've looked at uh, Philippians chapter three, verse two, over the last three days. And we will be moving into uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, on our next time together. And uh, again, we meet here on uh, Monday through Friday at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. on Jerusalem time. So it's already Shabbat in Israel. So it was good having you with us, and uh, that will conclude our uh, time of study today. We'll be getting into Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, on our next next meeting together. And for those who are yet to enter Shabbat, an early Shabbat Shalom, and uh, we will be uh, seeing you next week. So this concludes our uh, our uh, time together today. We'll have a closing word of prayer, and... Uh, Go on with our day. 
Lord, you are good. We thank you for the day. We thank you for your word you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of Torah. We thank you for this, this Shabbat that we will soon be entering into, Lord. We thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you for these words of your righteous servant. And we thank you for our Messiah, Yeshua, who is our life, both now and forevermore, and who is in whose name, the name above all names we pray. Amen. So again, thank you for watching. This is the Letter to Philippi live broadcast coming to you from Letter to Philippi, lettertophilippi.org. And Letter to Philippi is a new Messian and Jewish theological research and teaching organization. That uh, This is our first initiative, the Letter to Philippi live broadcast that we began on June 1st. So we are now about completed with our first month of this of this broadcast going through a daily study in the book of Philippians. We will be going into Philippians 3.3 tomorrow. And uh, that is what we are, are doing here for now. And we'll be adding, as I said, more, more video and print materials in the near future. I'll be working on on uh, my first Messian and Jewish book review over the weekend, and hopefully we'll have that available for you next week. And uh, so that will be our, our time today. Thank you for watching, and have a good day. Shabbat Shalom to everyone. And uh, we'll see you next time when we'll be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. And if you have any questions, or go to letterphilippi.org if you have a prayer request. We want to be praying for those people who are watching this broadcast. Just go to letterphilippi.org and go to our, our prayer link. You can fill in your prayer request. We would appreciate if you would make a contribution to our work here to continue the work of, of uh, Letter to Philippi. And also for those who have missed any of our previous classes, they are available under our teaching link. We have the previous about 15 classes that we've done so far. So again, early Shabbat Shalom and uh, have a good day. Thank you for watching. Blessings from letter to Philippi.org.